0: Welcome to the Weirdly Wired Women podcast, a show to help women who've never felt they fit in at any job, discover how to make their own rules, create their own schedules, and cultivate livelihoods rooted in their lives, all in the ways that work for them. I'm Kristen, and for over 20 years, I played by the job rules, even the ones I thought were stupid, and it was exhausting. Whether it was because I was the only woman in the room, or the only person with young children, or the only person whose brain worked differently, the rules didn't let me be myself. But I felt stuck, because all jobs were kind of the same story. And I thought starting a business was for disruptors or MBAs or extroverted salespeople. And it turns out I was completely wrong about that. My services aren't particularly disruptive. I don't know much about accounting or bookkeeping, nor do I follow any business guru rules about how to run my business if I think the rules are dumb. And I'd really rather be at home in my pajamas with chocolate chip cookies than schmoozing at a networking event. I figured out what I'm good at, what I like to do, who values it and built my business from there. Along the way, I realized that one of those things I'm good at is helping women figure out those very things for themselves, and I love doing it. So I'm sharing what I've learned and what I'm still discovering here in solo episodes, guest episodes, and random rants. I'm so glad you're here. Hey there, and welcome to the first episode of the Weirdly Wired Women podcast. I'm Kristen Stelzer, the founder of Weirdly Wired Women, and for this first episode, I want to explain why I created Weirdly Wired Women and what I want to see it grow into and how, if you're so inclined, you might help that vision. Uh, When I started my own business, I found myself a few communities that helped me so much. One was geared towards moms with businesses, and another was for women who were copywriters and entrepreneurs. Now, I know women have a reputation for drama. At least it was that way when I was growing up. And I was also brought up to believe everyone was out for themselves. I Even saw that in my jobs. Women in leadership were rare and it made some of them defensive. But I believe that that comes down to scarcity. When there's not enough pie to go around, people guard their pie. And in companies, there's often only so much pie. But in the wider world, there's more pie than we can eat. And within these groups, the entrepreneurs knew that. There was no hoarding of pie. Um, there was generosity and there was support and um, and help and kindness. And I wouldn't have gotten to where I am without that camaraderie and mentorship and the connections I made in those groups. So my goal for Weirdly Wired Women is to create that same generous supportive community for women who have neurodiversity, diagnosed or not, natural or stress induced, or have for any reason at all, never felt like they fit into the air quotes normal world. Because that was definitely me, even though I hid it well, which I now know is masking. As a kid, I was the ultimate rule-following, people-pleasing, perfectionist, good girl. I spent so much time focused on all of those other things for other people that I didn't have any passions of my own. So at 17, I had no idea what I wanted to go to college for. But I was good at math, so my dad suggested engineering, which is what I went to school for. And after some fits and starts, it's what I ended up doing for about 20 years. Now, some of my peers are still at the same company 20 years later, which I find strange because I switched companies and roles so frequently out of boredom. Um, but at work, I carried my good girl persona with me. I stayed at jobs longer than I wanted to because I should for my resume. I even ramped up my perfectionism because I was in a male-dominated field and I felt the pressure from just the ether to make sure that I was performing to some like extra standard. Um, but changing jobs gave me a lot of insight into how different companies treat their employees. Some were great, some not so much. And after a while, I started questioning some of those rules, but mostly to myself, because if I questioned them aloud, I seemed like a troublemaker. And God forbid I'd be a troublemaker. Um, so, but then one day I was laid off and the story is on the Weirdly Wired Women website, but the short version is my boss's boss didn't like me and orchestrated my removal in spite of the people advocating for me. I couldn't get into my, my heart into looking for another job, um, where my livelihood was in someone else's hands after that. Um, so I started my own content writing business for tech companies. When I look back now, it's been several years on the whole incident, like that whole orchestration is laughably stupid and just one more indication that I didn't fit with the traditional corporate role. But, um, but it was, it was, it was a big blow when it happened. Um, and starting my business or starting a business is scary and nerve wracking. Um, and there are struggles, but at least the struggles that I go through and the things that I figure out are for my business and not for someone else's. And for all of the challenges, it's so amazing and freeing. Um, all the stupid things disappeared, like the nonsense rules and ridiculous schedules, and needing to prove my loyalty to some company that could let me go at the drop of a hat. Um, and then I didn't—I no longer had a lack of autonomy or a lack of power over my day and who I worked with. Um, and then a year later, COVID hit. And while others were reeling, I already had the flexibility I needed to juggle a sudden loss of childcare. Um, not that it wasn't hard, mind you, but at least I didn't have to explain to anyone but myself why my kid was now all the time in my office. Um, now one of the hardest parts during COVID was that the, all the disruption wreaked havoc on my coping mechanisms. Um, I thought I was losing my mind. I got treated for anxiety and depression, but things weren't getting any better. Um, then I started learning how ADHD presents in women and I was floored. It was like someone was describing my entire brain. Um, I couldn't believe it. Uh so I was able to get in with a psychiatrist and get diagnosed. Um, coming to terms with that has been exhilarating and amazing, but also awful and terrible. Um, so many feelings, like, what if I had only known sooner? What what would my life look like that now? Um, or you know, just all of the questions that are natural to ask when you find out something late in life like this. But one of the things that I noticed is looking back is that some of the struggles that I had early in my business were related to ADHD and and not knowing it, um, like trying to do things the way that I thought they were supposed to be done, because that's how people tell you they need to be done. And those things just weren't working for me. Um like, one of the best examples is um, is imposter syndrome. We all, everybody faces it at some point. Um And I took an excellent course on claiming your authority, and I could see people getting results with reframing their experience. And while I intellectually knew that it should work, I wasn't seeing the same results for myself. And now I know it's because I'm also dealing with, like, extra layers of the stuff that come with ADHD and all the various little things that just make imposter syndrome a little bit more challenging of an issue. And so I was feeling like I failed because this wasn't working for me, but it was never going to work for me because it wasn't designed for me. And I found invariably through my whole career that a lot of things just never really worked for me. And, and now I know why. Um, but the thing is, is I was always able to find out ways that would work for me. Um, so I know that the idea that there's only one right way to do something is ridiculous. But I think we're conditioned to forget that or, you know, conditioned to believe that someone else knows better than we do. But I don't believe that about women. I believe that we are incredibly in tune to what is going to work and what isn't going to work for us. Uh, And I think that we lose that confidence in ourselves because of the way things are set up. I also think that we are the ultimate creators. And I don't mean that as in if you are a female, you, you have to have a baby or um you have to be a creative person who likes art and music and painting and writing novels and stuff. What I mean is that we are creators. We make things out of nothing. Just think about all of the things you've had to create for yourself in order to get along in a world that was, frankly, never built for women or neurodivergent or neurodivergent women. Take your pick. Um, so then I started thinking about how many brilliant women I know feel stuck the way that I felt. So I reached out to my amazing coach, Angie Coley. Um, her podcast, by the way, is Permission to Kick Ass, and it is as amazing as she is. And I just clapped there. I'm not used to doing podcasting, so I'm sorry if there's random noises that shouldn't be there. Um, I'll work on keeping my hands apart. Um, Anyway, Angie helped me to see that what I really wanted to do was help women who wanted to gain what I had gained, um, the freedom and the autonomy, and to know that they could do it, and also that they could do it in spite of challenges that they might be facing. Um, But per my usual, I wanted more than that. So while I help women who want to start their own businesses, Um, figure out what to do and what they want to do and how to make it work within their life, Um, you know, because I want their livelihoods to work within their lives rather than their lives having to work around their livelihoods. I also want that community space, that space where we can support each other and encourage each other and share and learn from each other because not everyone's experience with neurodivergence is the same and not everybody's life experience is the same. It's not only that the symptoms or the way it presents to us, Um, are all different, but we all come to the table with different histories and those are integral to how we act now. And some of them might require therapy. Some some of us are working through that. Some of us aren't at that point. But the point is that all of our life experiences from from how we were brought up on top of any neurodivergence or any kind of other experiences that we've had because we've been a little bit different have shaped who we are. Um, And while all of those experiences are Different and unique. Um, I've also found it's very rare that someone has a situation that no one out there can relate to. Um, I just like the, the human condition is such that, that someone can always relate. And one of the wonderful things, at least, um, as far as ADHD is, um, the, the women I know who have it are very good at, um, putting themselves in someone else's shoes and relating it back to an experience. And I know that for some people that makes it seem like we're trying to make everything about us. um, But, uh, you know, we're really just trying to show that we can relate to what you're experiencing and we are empathizing with you and, and we understand those feelings. And so I think that is wonderful. Um, When, because, because we get to experience things through those different lenses, we have a benefit that I think a typical community does not. And because, Many of us have been going at things alone for so long. Um, we we can start to feel like we're alone, and um, and it's not safe to be who you who we are. Um, and you can't be the best version of yourself when you're afraid to be your true self. So having a space where you can explore that and practice that because you are put it's vulnerable. Um, and but you can share your fears without judgment. It's just such a valid and necessary place to be. And so that's what I want to see is um, a group like that where women who, whether you're trying to make your life work in a world that just doesn't work for women, um, which means you could be an entrepreneur or really anyone who wants to change up your career so that it doesn't feel like it's sucking your whole life away, um, and whether you're dealing with neurodivergence or other stressors like parenting or elder care or all of the things that um, that women seem to have to face that. So often we go out alone. I want there to be a space where we can support each other and help each other and create something better for for everyone. Um, so what I'll be doing with this podcast is it's uh, usually going to link to some of uh, my weekly emails, um, which if you want to sign up, you can do that on the website. But I'll also be doing some book reviews. Uh, one of the things I noticed is that a lot of the self-help books or business books are not written necessarily for women. Or for neurodivergence of any kind, um, and so, or a life where you have to juggle 50 million things, like most women I know. And so, I want to read those and then talk, um, usually with a, a guest who also has neurodivergence, about what we think works well and what we think would work well, but would need to be adapted for someone who's struggling with different different issues. Um, and then there will be some guest. Um, I'll have some guests for just conversation. Sometimes, sometimes it will just be me um, ranting and rambling, kind of like today. Um, we're sharing things that I've discovered, um, and if you have any ideas or questions, I'm happy to take those as well. So that is what Weirdly Wired Women is about, and what I want it to be. And um, I, um, I hope you will join along. Um, you can. Follow on the Facebook page or Instagram. They're both at Weirdly Wired Women. And so now uh, we are at the end of the first episode. Generally, they're going to be short. I don't like to listen to super long podcasts, um, but uh, this one is probably a little bit shorter than normal, but um, we are at the end of the first one. And so if this feels like a space for you, I hope you'll follow along. And so until next week, bye.